Intuition. Life is filled with abstractions, and the only way we make heads or tails of it is through intuition. Intuition is seeing the solution, seeing it, knowing it. It's emotion and intellect going together. That's essential for the filmmaker. How do you get something to feel right? Everybody's got the same tools, the camera and the tapes and the world and actors. But putting those parts together, there are differences. That's where it, intuition enters. Personally, I think intuition can be sharpened and expanded through meditation, diving into the self. There's an ocean of consciousness inside each of us, and it's an ocean of solutions. When you dive into that ocean, that consciousness, that consciousness you enliven it. You don't dive for specific solutions. You dive to enliven that ocean of consciousness. Then your intuition grows and you have a way of solving those problems, knowing when it's not quite right and knowing a way to make it feel correct for you. That capacity grows and things go much more smoothly. And that is from Catching the Big Fish by director David Lynch. My sister got me this book for Christmas. We recorded some episodes yesterday in Millhouse and they were absolute dog shit, Bro. which is why the podcast is late right now. They were bad. They were bad. It was really bad. It was painful. Yeah. I mean, like, the first time, it was almost acceptable, the first take we did. But then when we, like, tried to do a second one, it was just, like, we just kept falling off and falling off. The energy and, just wasn't there. Oh, yeah. It was bad. It was bad. And I had a lot of hopes for it. I was really pumped up to do the episode. I was, too, but I was in a negative headspace yesterday. Yeah. I could tell. I was in a negative headspace. I was trying to fight my way through it, and I couldn't. No matter what I fucking did, I was like, I'm going to meditate, I, which I did. Mm -hmm. um, but today, before we did this, I did yoga. I meditated. I did a couple of things for myself to get myself back on track. Yeah. Dude, meditation can change everything, man. Sometimes. It can. That's what this whole book by David Lynch is about. I, I've only read through parts of it. But he talks a lot about uh, transcendental, like transcendental med meditation, mm -hmm. and the, it says meditation, consciousness, and creativity. Yeah, consciousness is is insane to me because like I, I've I've done like a little bit of research into like meditation, like trying to like do better about it. But like the idea of like being present at all times mm -hmm. and not letting yourself just drift, how people do, is really. It's a difficult task. It's, a diffi it's difficult, dude. If you try to be present all the time, you just can't. But there's those moments when you are present and you're self-aware of like what's going on around you in the world. And it's like, it helps. I think I'm addicted to chaos. And I say that because when you're in chaos, you're entirely in the moment. Mm-hmm. There's no avoiding it. I love being in the moment. But that that's a negative version of that. Yeah. Chaos. Yeah. So do you feel like when good things are happening, like it's not chaotic out, like you don't live in the moment as much or you're not as That's a good present? question. Like uh, when, when things are going smooth, are you present? That's a good question. I don't know if I am. I, I'm not. I'm not. I think there are times where I am, where I feel like I'm in the flow state of life. And everything I'm doing is connecting yeah. and hitting. Mm -hmm. And just being consistent in doing things. I spend a lot of time beating myself up about not having enough done. 
Like I want to do more, 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 because it, it's yeah. that chaos void that I'm trying it's to fill. Yeah. It's super addicting. It's always in me, and I have to uh, I have to combat it, or else it just gets out of control, and I give a poor performance, like I did yesterday. Mm-hmm. That that's why I, I wanted. I was craving something. I've been craving something inside of me lately that just needs some kind of struggle. Because I'm I'm not intimidated or afraid of struggle. I welcome it, and I enjoy it but i need to find things to struggle against that i can i can like choose you know what i mean yeah i i really just i don't know i i wish i could fucking figure out what that is yeah so have you been in the flow state lately no i haven't either and i i consider to me the flow state is dangerous place when when you're just float floating on through life and you're not really like struggling at all and you're not trying to get you're not pushing when I'm not in the flow state and I'm struggling with something, I'm trying much harder than when I'm just breezing on. Well, breezing through. What do you mean by the flow state? I mean like the flow state of like working, coming home, doing like I have a routine. I'm not trying anything extra. I'm not like the monotony of life. You mean? Yeah. The monotony okay. Of life. I mean, I mean something mm-hmm. different when I say flow state. Mm-hmm. You know how when you're playing in a band and no matter what note you hit, it's the, the perfect note? Yeah. That's what the flow state is. Yeah. That where, groove. Where you're just in groove with the universe. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. In groove. There's been some I'm times, addicted to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That that feeling of doing a good job. Whether it's like I've, I've witnessed a lot of podcasts, you know, and there's been some where I'm like, this is like, He's in the he's in the state. You yeah, know, he's got it. It's 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 in the back. In the zone. Like um the Teddy Perkins episode. Yeah, for Man of Science, Man yeah. of Faith. Mm-hmm. That was a great episode. Yeah, and it's interesting to take a step back and figure out why things go well when they do. Because I really don't try and figure out why things went well. Yeah. Sometimes I just assume I'm good. It's my ego. <laughs> you know. Sometimes there's just some magic. You know, just you know the words align you know and and everything goes well and it turns out really really cool you know and sometimes there's not a like a scientific way to like pinpoint like why that was as good as it was i'm obsessed with trying to figure out what that science is though Mm -hmm. i think maybe to a negative degree Mm. because i get so caught up in the uh the details i love details dude i will fucking write something out 10 times 10,000 times over trying to figure out why I failed. I love that. It's one of my favorite things to do is figure out why I fail. Yeah. Do you do the same thing when you succeed? Like figure out why why you succeeded? No, no, I should. I should. I mean, because it's like when things go bad and I have that bad feeling of like I failed. Yeah. I think I got so used to failing that I enjoy failure more than succeeding because I feel like I'm getting better. It's not like a self-hatred thing. It's like, I'm oh, getting better right yeah. now. Yeah. It's, for me, it's a self, <laughs> self-hatred. <laughs> but no, I can I completely understand that. Like when I fail at something, I, there will be, there's a transition period. I'll go from mourning about my failure mm-hmm. and like, you know, kind of the self-hatred thing of just digging at myself and, you know, why was I so stupid? Why did I do this? And then there's a transition phase of going from that to, like, building. 
It's like understanding why I failed and then trying to correct it. Whether or not I don't, I'm not as extreme as you of like writing it 10,000 times, but like it, it's a, it's sad, then mad, then I'll, you know, work on it. That's the part I'm addicted to. Yeah. So it's like, cause I get those same emotions where I'm upset that I failed. Mm hmm. Um, but I don't really dwell too long on that upset thing. It's really just in the moment for me. Yeah. You know, I feel it in the moment when I do it and I get, I get fucking pissed. Yeah. But then I can take a breath and be like, okay, that didn't work. What happened? Yeah. What did I do wrong? Do you think about past fuck ups a lot or do you let them live in the past? I let them live in the past. I don't. <laughs> Well, why do you think that is? I don't know. Sometimes I'll go back to something that happened, whether it was like a year ago, and be like, why did I do that? Like, that was so dumb. But I haven't done anything like that since then. Like, I fixed it, you know? Sometimes it just resurfaces. I don't know. That, I feel like, is the mind playing tricks on us. The mind is so fucking powerful, dude. I love to wrestle with my mind. I'm addicted to that too, but on the other hand, what good does that really do me? Is it productive? Mm -hmm. Is it productive for talking to my family? Is it productive for the people that I'm around? Am I just being insufferable? Which 30% of the time, yes, I'm just being insufferable. I would argue that it's a good thing. I would argue that figuring yourself out is a good thing, whether, whether how extreme you're going with it, but like, I would argue that it's a great thing. I It is to a certain degree. Yeah, but I, I just, I, I don't know what it is about that. Mm -hmm. Wh why it is I'm so drawn to that. I, I used to, looking back on 2020 and like the coronavirus and all that shit, I, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was really embracing the experience. Yeah. Because you remember, I wasn't all that freaked out by it. No, not at all. I was pretty chill about it. I'm like, this is uncharted territory. Let's see where this goes. Yeah. Because I like any time there's an acid trip moment. And the coronavirus is an acid trip moment. It's never ending either. The <laughs> election is was an acid trip moment. So I didn't. I wasn't really in fear necessarily. Was I afraid of like, is my family going to get it? Am I going to die? In the beginning, yeah, there was a little bit of that. Yeah. But I was also kind of excited. Yeah. It wasn't extreme enough for me, dude. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, I whatever that thing is inside of me that craves that, wish wishes that there would be something more extreme. Yeah. I kind of feel that too, in a way. Like sometimes things just aren't like like this wasn't it was so anticlimactic. That's a good word for yeah, it. Yeah. It was exactly like, it. there was all this building, all this tension in the world for it to just Nothing like yeah. we were waiting for the big finale of 2020, but and it, it, just, it I mean, happen. you could look at the Capitol riots and say that was it, but even that was pathetic. Even that, that wasn't was, enough for me, dude. Even that was anticlimactic. I am looking I mean, for <laughs> hits of a drug that don't even exist. <laughs> I want to go straight into the abyss and drink whatever is there, dude. And I want it surging through my veins, bro. Yeah, I, I feel that 100%. I think that. I don't know, looking back at it, and I feel like some people, if they take a, take a step back from everything that's going on and they look back at last year, like not much happened. You know, like not, it, wasn't, it wasn't as crazy as it could have been. 
It wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. It was a crazy year. Like, nothing like this has ever happened. But, like, it was. It could have been a lot, lot worse. Oh, yeah. You know? It could have been like Ebola where it kills you instantly, you know? Oh, or yeah. some shit like that, you know? Nobody's turning into zombies or nothing like that. So, we're, that, like, we're in the clear on that. But That's the kind of excitement I'm looking for, though. <laughs> You're looking for zombies? And I don't know where to get that from. I don't know where to get that insanity from. I don't know, dude. I think 2020's uh, knock on wood was the craziest year that'll be in my lifetime. I don't know. I I hope not. <laughs> I, I'm always craving something like worse and more extreme. And maybe that's a flaw within myself. So you crave something worse. You don't crave for better. Uh, I mean, maybe this is what's fucked up about me. No, maybe that's the darkness that's that's in me. Is that I'm I want something worse. I'm like. Like, it was just a tease, dude. That's what made me so mad about COVID, is that this whole thing was just a tease. That's interesting, dude. There's probably some, like, psychological term that says that we're both crazy. Well, yeah, probably so. (laughs) People are probably listening to this and thinking, what the fuck is he talking about right now? I, I really don't know how to explain it in a cohesive way, because it's just a feeling. I have I have a theory. Okay. Okay. Things weren't that bad, but they were amplified because people everywhere think the same as you think, therefore making the situation seem worse than what it really was. I don't know about that. I think people thought it was the worst thing that's ever happened. I don't know, dude. I feel like a lot of people were looking for bad to happen. They want bad to happen. Yeah. So they feed on when there's bad energy. Everybody feeds on the same energy. That's, that's true. I'll agree with that to a certain extent. But I also think that people, they were like, we're already here and this is horrible. Let's burn everything down. <laughs> Which is not necessarily what I was looking for. You're looking for like Sound and Fury, but like the real life version. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude. I don't know, man. I'm hoping, I'm hoping at least that this is the worst that it'll be. But you never know, dude. 2021. Let's see what's in store. This year started off crazy. I'll, I'll tell you about something I was unhappy with today that really upset me. Okay. Today was the release of Topps 2021 Series 1. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yes. Looking forward to get getting Thanks. some rookies that were in last year that they didn't put in Topps Update. Yeah. I went to Target, <laughs> and there was two guys camped at the shelf waiting like vultures, like the inhuman scum that they are, so they can flip the cards. Did you get a pack? No, I didn't fucking get anything, dude. Every time I see people there, I'm like, fuck it. It makes me so mad. It legitimately upset me. And I mean, I drive all over the city every day because I do Uber and Lyft, so I can just go anywhere at any time. So if I like got to take a leak or something, I'll just go pop into Target and see what's there, if there's anything. Yeah. And there's never anything. I did go to the uh, the uh, the Target on Donaldson Pike, or uh, Lebanon Pike yeah. in Donaldson. You know what I'm talking about? think so yeah that, that's uh over by where one of our friends lives mm. that we visited recently yeah and i went into that one and they had some stuff there but i really wasn't into what they had and i was just like fuck it because a couple weeks ago i went there and these people were 
camped out. It was it was Thursday, so I know that's when they restock now. But I just can't bring myself to hang out with these people. Yeah. And talk about it. About it. it. Oh, I'm just a dork. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So is like Target the main place to buy baseball like cards when they first come out? Where's the main? Where's the all the big box retail stores? So like Target, Walmart, Walmart um, just anywhere. Yeah. You know, Target and Walmart are the two, two big, big ones. Yeah. But you can find them other places. You might be able to find some at. They have them at Walgreens. At, they have them at Walgreens, mm. uh, Dollar Tree, but people pick them clean, dude. Pick them clean. And they all disappeared. They're trying to make a quick buck by flipping them, man. I, and I get it. You know, I've, I've made some money selling cards online, but it's just because I'm a, I'm a fan. You know, that, that's what drives my love of it. Yeah, I've definitely spent more than I've made off of it. Yeah. But yeah. the whole thing is like turn a little bit of a profit, try and make some more money for cards yeah that's what i'm interested in yeah i mean but it all starts at like the beginning idea of like collecting not necessarily like how much am i going to make right away with baseball cards at least it's like collecting and then like eventually like turning it you know um but yeah that dude people used to do that for like i remember when the xbox 360 came out do you remember that Dude, that shit was happening all the time. It and, happened with the PS5. Yeah, and the Xbox One X or the new one. And that, now X. they have bots and shit to do it. Well, yeah, like, I, I tried to go get a new Xbox when they came out, and it was like, they were sold out for, like, months. They're still sold out. Like, just, you know, you can, people take it, and then they flip it for a higher profit to make money. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you buy just, like, a normal $20 blaster box of cards, people are flipping them and selling them online for 20 bucks more sometimes so it, they're selling it for like 45 bucks plus shipping damn which i can't bring myself to, to buy it offline I, I like the act of the hunt you know what i mean i like going to the store to see if there's anything there yeah i enjoy it and i've been trying to think like why did i fall back in love with baseball just because this was my, the same love I had when I was a kid. Yeah. And I got into it during coronavirus and all that shit. We didn't have anything going on. We just moved into this house. I got all my old cars back. So I was going through and I'm like, this is great. And I really think I was going back to a time before I knew the world was like a fucked up place. Yeah. And that I knew there, there was things, uh, this, this idolized version of the world when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, it's just the world. Yeah, you don't really know. It's not a yeah. You at the time you don't think it's a fucked up place. No, I, honestly, I'll be. I really don't think I figured out that the world was a fucked up place till like three years ago. Really, honestly, when I was like 17, and then I was moving out, you know, and then I moved into a city. I was like, yeah, this place is it's rough. It was probably for me. I started doing some soul searching. In that way, probably when I was like 15, mm-hmm. where I noticed I got dealt an unfair hand in, in life. Like the situation I was born into, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but it's really no one's fault. Yeah. And I had this anger and bitterness in me. And I lashed out at the world constantly. I felt like I was owed something because I got a shit roll of the dice. Yeah. But 
really, I didn't get that shit of a roll of the dice because I, at the end of the day, I was born in America and I had a chance to do everything I'm doing now, but it really wasn't until I changed my attitude. I think I, I had a major depressive episode when I was 18 where I wanted to kill myself, all that shit. And was going down a very dark path. And it wasn't until I graduated and moved away from Maine that it started coming back to life. I started coming back to life. And at the time, I thought I was restoring something, but really I was growing something. I was growing something new and I was building the life that I wanted without knowing it at the time. Yeah. And I don't think I was consciously really aware of that until maybe 25 or 26. And now I have the life that I want. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's interesting to think like if one of those things had changed, you wouldn't be who you are today or, you know, you wouldn't be, you might not be where you're at. Like, you know? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm very grateful for all the struggle that I've had. Um, it just, I don't know what it is in me that is always looking for a better way to improve myself. Cause I think really what, like that thing I was talking about earlier, that chaos, I know that struggle now struggle comes from it, it's, it's like the conduit for self-improvement. Yes. Yeah. So I think whenever I'm talking about maybe that shit, just looking back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, that's really what it is for me. I think it's the conduit for self-improvement and that's maybe why I want to just jump into that void as deep as I can go and maybe not even come back from it. Yeah. Cause I can just be in that spot of constantly self-improving, yeah. constantly self-improving, but really that's a distraction. You know what I mean? It's a distraction from dealing with real world problems, yeah. tangible day-to-day life things with people. So I'm not always good at that. Yeah. I, I feel that. And you know, like relating, like, you know, holding that anger inside, like, uh, whether it's towards your past and stuff, like a lot of people don't figure out like that. That's a part of like self-improvement. You know what I'm saying? They don't figure out, they don't get past that. They just stay mad at everything for sure. Well, it's uncomfortable because you have to look at the ugliest parts of yourself and why, like I had to look at why I responded a certain way to people. And different kinds of people, yes. different personality types. Mm-hmm. Why I was disgusted by certain people. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's why everyone in the world nowadays, I'm talking about people on Twitter, on the internet, whatever, they're so angry all the time? Uh, what do you mean exactly? Well, everybody fights each other yes. online. Of course, you know, I fought people online stupid stuff you know Mm -hmm. and uh do you think that's why like everybody's so angry is because they just have all this rage built up from like people who have done them wrong and just you know shit like that or absolutely in their past and like because everybody's everybody's got a story to some you know of something bad for sure that and them not dealing with themselves them not like working on themselves personally makes them lash out at other people whether it's on the internet or in person you know, maybe that's why everybody's so angry. I honestly think this is going to sound like a joke, but a lack of self-awareness should be counted as a mental disability. I'll agree. I mean, it, I think that's honestly a symptom of a few mental illnesses. For sure. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Uh, there's a ridiculous amount of people that are just not self-aware of of how they uh, of how they treat others or like you know. Well, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable because you have, you have to look like why am I responding this way to someone? Yeah. See, that doesn't make sense to me of like it being uncomfortable because I like I, I love to look at like what I'm doing wrong and work on it mm-hmm. and how I treat others. Am I treating everyone in my life? Right. You know, sometimes I probably look at it too much and, and worry about it too much. Cause that's definitely, that definitely crosses my mind a lot of like how I'm treating my friends. If I'm doing things good enough, you know, like, but I feel like a lot of people just, they don't look at that at all. They don't look at how they treat others. I, I don't know what, what you, have to do to get people to start looking at that. I think they have to want to look at that. Yeah. Dude, I think everybody in the world just needs prescribed a chill pill, man. <laughs> You're right. I think the whole world needs a chill pill. Everybody needs a hug, dude. I, I agree, man. Uh, if they could prescribe hugs, that's definitely something that I think the whole world just needs. They need to just chill out, take a step back and, and look at how we're treating everybody. Cause if you look at it from like the broad spectrum of like, the world, it's fucked. It's a lack of empathy. Yeah, we're all just so angry all it's the a, time. It's a lack of empathy for other human beings in their individual experiences. Because mm-hmm. someone might be experiencing something, you know, they might have had an easy life. And whether they realize it or not, they feel subconsciously guilty about it. I was subconsciously resentful there was this air of resentment that I was always walking around with because my mom was a drug addict and my biological father was a drug addict yeah and when my parents got divorced when I was a small kid my mom got remarried to a guy who beat her every single night yeah and when you're a kid like that you don't know that's different from anybody else's life Mm mm-hmm so I just assumed everybody else hated their their family. You know, I have, you know, my dad now who adopted me when I, I was a kid and all that. And I'm lucky to have that because some people don't even have that. And I have two great sisters um, and I have a niece and a brother-in-law and yeah. all of his family, uh, my brother-in-law's family. But it, w- it wasn't something that I learned to be grateful for until after I went to rehab yeah, and started dealing with all of my fucking problems and all of my addictions that I had been avoiding. Dude, sometimes I I think like it should be recognized like as an addiction when people, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but when you get in that mental state of just being so hateful and being so angry all the time, whether it's about family or whether it's about whatever, that should be considered an addiction because it's like you're feeding on hate that, yeah. that when you get that something to power your hate towards everything, that's like feeding an addiction. Same as like cigarettes. I would agree with that. I, th- I think the solution though is individual responsibility and awakening yeah. and doing that uncomfortable shit. Yeah. To try and make <laughs> everybody needs to do shrooms. Everybody does need to do shrooms. I agree. Well, not everybody. I don't think some people can handle it. Yeah. I I don't think that even without shrooms, I think there's some people that couldn't handle to take it like a true look at themselves. You know, 
a true look at like what's going on in there, what's going on in your head. You know, I feel like they take a look at that. It's gonna, you know, be eye opening. Because it can be sure. ugly. It, yeah, it can be ugly. You know, there's been some times where I've treated somebody poorly, and I've like, like not even recognized it at that moment, or like the day after, but like months later, been like, man, I treated that person like shit. You know, um, whether or not they even took it like that, but you know, I at least thought it. It's a. Um, it's interesting, man. I think that there is a lack of uh, mental health like uh, awareness. I think that the world ha- still has a lack of, of mental health awareness. I think that we're not looking at like the big picture. We're starting to notice it now. Yeah, yeah, we are. But <sighs> as a, as a culture, as a society, at least in, in America, yeah, it's a conversation that people are willing to have. And who's to say that? Like something that happened bad to me, it might be, you know, someone maybe, I don't know, their credit card got declined, even though they have the money and they were going to buy something they really wanted. Mm -hmm. And it feels very dramatic and very painful to them because that's one of the worst things they've ever experienced. Yeah. Is that embarrassment. And it might feel as painful and as dramatic as something that I've experienced. I've, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's just different scales and it's hard for me to accept that. Yeah. That someone might have had something lesser done to them and they feel just as bad as I do. That's a flaw within myself though. Everybody sits on a different wavelength. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like there's a scale to like how dramatic something is for somebody. You know, I'll tell you a story. And this kind of like, it didn't like ruin my day, but I was just like, what the fuck? So I was at work, right? And uh, I was going to get lunch at... Um, at and you blew, you blew a trans person? No. Okay. No. Sorry. Keep I, going. I drove across the road and I have to take this sharp corner to go where I like get lunch. It's like a little dollar store. Um, and um, I go around the corner. I hear this ginormous noise. And I was like, what the fuck was that? It sounded like I hit something, but I didn't. What happened was when I went around the corner, my tailgate fell open. And you know that box with my jumper cables in it? Oh, it, no. It, it slung out, but I didn't see it. And I didn't know. It slung out, so I was like, I guess it was sitting in the grass or right there on the corner. and um, Over by the Walgreens? Over by the Walgreens. And... um. I like went and ate and then like came out of the dot. Well, I came out of the dollar store and I realized my tailgate's down and I was like, fuck, I need to drive back. So I drove back and it was gone. Like I searched everywhere. Somebody took it. <laughs> That's Madison for you. Somebody stole it in the amount of time that I had went in dollar, the dollar store and like drove back. And I was just like, so now you got no jumper cables. Now I have no jumper cables, which way she goes, bud. We both know I need jumper cables. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got, was there anything else in there? Um, there might have been. I really don't know off the top of my head. Dad, my dad said that there was other stuff in that box. Did um, he laugh at you? Yeah, he laughed at me. He said, that sounds about like you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like that was a minor inconvenience. But like I could see how like somebody might think that getting something stole like that was like a huge, huge deal. Just because we all sit on different wavelengths with like what happens to us. And, and in defense... I don't feel like I was really summarizing what I was saying, but I guess in a way you just did. See, that in the moment can feel very dramatic. Yes. 
not quite as bad as, as like a death of a family member, yeah. but maybe a couple notches below that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like disappointed. I was like, now I have to buy new jumper cables, but I don't know. We all sit on different wavelengths with like what happens to us. Some people can't take punches as well as others can. Yes, absolutely. And it definitely depends on how you were raised. Uh, not even really having to do with, I mean, it can definitely have to do with parents, but like how other people treat you. You know, if you were, if you were bullied in school a lot, you know how to take shit well. You know, that, that'll pan out in life to some degree. Like, you'll know how to take shit and give shit, you know, when it, when it need be. Um, versus, like, if you've, you know, I don't know. If you've had people down you a lot in life or degrade you by any means, you know, like, you, you know what that is and you know how to avoid people like that. Sometimes you can't avoid those kind of people, though. Yeah. Well, you you can never really avoid those kind of people. I mean, you can you can run away. Well, I mean, not hang out with them. You know, yeah. Or like or oh, be who you let into your who life? Who you let in you, into your life? Yeah. Like uh, growing up around like toxic people will let you know what to avoid in people. As far as like who you let in your life, if you are consciously aware of that enough, yes. though, because when I was in my early twenties, I just drew in people that were toxic because I was also toxic and it was an unforgiving cycle it was something that I had to learn to undo sometimes when you're at like a point in life you're just willing to have anybody in your life and that draws the worst people to fill the void of loneliness to fill the void of loneliness and that that's a one of I guess humanity as a whole's problem because when, when people get lonely they'll take anybody and most of the time those people aren't good aren't good and I learned I learned that lesson, you know. The next song we are about to play here is an old demo I recorded when I was still back in Maine. This was one of the first songs where I was really like, okay, I really want to be a producer besides just someone who writes songs. It's called Transcendence. It's kind of spacey. Check it out. Here it is.
And we're back. What's the first story, Millhouse? The first story is Bruce Springsteen arrested for DWI in New Jersey. I feel kind of bad for him, dude. I was reading about this story. He got arrested in a federal park, right? Yep. I I was talking to Zach about this. Uh, definitely, I think, politically motivated. Whoever that cop was was probably a Trump voter because Bruce Springsteen going down in New Jersey. And it's also crazy that he's 71 and this is his first yeah. DUI. Yeah, DUI, yeah. It has it listed as a DWI. Is there, do you know if there's a difference? I think it, just is different it just, states, they call it different things. Yeah, he also got a, DUI. a reckless right. driving charge. Yeah, he got that. Which we know a little bit about reckless driving got charges. Got busted on uh, federal land. It was a, a park, right? Yeah, it was at a park. Like So it was like a state park, I would assume. Federal land. Um, he was getting some shit this week for his Super Bowl ad. The Jeep commercial, right? The Jeep commercial, because at the end of it, it said the reunited States of America. Which I didn't think the commercial itself was bad. I thought it was good. Like all the things he was saying are the kind of things we should be talking about. Yes. But you're also completely dismissing half the people in the country by being like, you were wrong and now we need to come together. Yeah. That's not the way to do it. That's the way I took the commercial. Yeah, calling it the... The reunited States of America makes one side bad and one side good. Yeah. Well, I thought, well, fuck you. We were still America. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I, overall, I feel bad for Bruce Springsteen. I love Bruce. Everybody's, everybody's separated from anger, man. You know? When when you keep the mentality of one side's bad, one side's good, you know, it separates everybody. Yeah. Not not instead of being like, okay, I, I know you thought this. I disagree with it, but let's move past it all. You know? And, uh, yeah, dude, it sucks that he got, he got busted. Can't believe he's 71. A 71 first DUI. I mean. I, I feel bad for him. I do feel bad for him. I don't, I don't want to shit all over Bruce Springsteen. It's like I disagreed with that commercial, but I also love Bruce as an artist and as a performer. He's one of the all-time greats. You can separate the art from the artist. I can, yeah. Yeah. That's respectful. I like that. Well, he also, uh, you know, he, he's he got this uh, common people image. Yeah. And the common person gets DUIs. You know what I yeah. mean? Out in the world, they get charged with it. They get busted. But I think he got the shit end of the stick just because it was probably politically motivated. And I feel bad for him for that. Yeah. That if it was politically motivated and he was a victim of that. But he also shouldn't have been drinking and driving. Yeah. So... I mean, I'm not going to say what he did was good. He shouldn't drink and drive. Yeah. But, like, it sucks. That it, you know, that sucks. Are you ready for the next one? I'm ready for the next I one. I find this funny. It's not that funny, but Nashville Airport Traveler caught with 66 pounds of pot and luggage. That's a lot of weed. That's a lot of weed, dude. At our airport today. <laughs> like, I go to the airport a lot because of driving for Uber and Lyft. Yeah. And every now and then, I'll see police officers yeah and it's always like a big black pickup truck and they're unloading it and looking through it right in the uh the drop-off area and the departures i've seen that a couple of times i just don't know how he made it through or like i, I don't well, i mean obviously he got caught they like, probably let him go through when they saw it that way they could bust him on the other side yeah that's crazy man like uh he was 34 the dude was 34 charged with the uh, possession of marijuana it's a lot, dude. Also, here's what I'll say about fucking selling drugs. Look, the government creates all of its own problems, and this is an example of it creating a problem with the drug war and then also creating the solution. 
So fuck them for arresting this guy. Was he a violent criminal that did bad things? Okay, that's one thing. But if he was just selling weed yeah. to make some money, keeping yeah. Uncle Sam out of it, I can't get mad at him for that. Yeah, I can't. You know, it's a sm- you know. I'm not going to judge a guy who does that. People in government will be like support local business, but then this happens. Yeah, like. This is do local we, business. Do, do we support local business or not? Like we're trying to stimulate the economy, <laughs> yeah, and our spirits with weed. Yeah, so I think it was a bad thing. I don't think they should have busted them. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll read you the next one. This one um this one makes me mad, but at the same time, it makes me mad at people. Uh, it says uh, Tom Brady. Oh, wait, no. Here's what really happened with Tom Brady and Tyran Matthew at the Super Bowl. So basically, this article, uh, people on Twitter, being people on Twitter, uh, came at Tom Brady for being racist for winning. Was that what actually happened? I mean, yeah. This this event is something that triggered people saying he was racist. No. So him winning the Super Bowl, they called it a racist act. But... It was it was basically just them them doing that to do that, you know, like saying that to say that. So he uh, Tom Brady apparently texted him after the Super Bowl and apologized. What? Well, what did what happened? What transpired? Uh, so during during the Super Bowl, you know, like during football games, like they'll trash talk each other. They'll get real heated. And uh, Tom Brady thought he might have stepped over the line. A little bit. What did he say? He wouldn't say what he said, and Tyran wouldn't either. So everybody thought it was a racial slur. And I don't think it was and, a racial slur. No, it wasn't. Tyran came out publicly and was like, "It wasn't a racial slur. I'm not going to say what he said, but it yeah. wasn't that." And <laughs> I can't get I can't get mad if it wasn't a racial slur. You yeah, know it was. I mean? They were just trash talking each other, you know, like football stuff. But everybody on Twitter made it a big deal. And he was trending. Did on. they did they have words or something that the camera saw during the game? No, they didn't have any like audio that picked up from it. But you know, like it was trash talk. But I it was a it, good game. It was a good game. I thought it was ridiculous that people had to come at Tom Brady like that, though. You know, well, it's because he's a winner, bro. Plus, the other thing that people love to hate about him, he was a Trump supporter. He was. He was a vocal Trump supporter. He was wearing that "Make America Great Again" hat. Yeah, and uh. You know, he, he won again. He won, he won again, again, dude. <laughs> Number seven with a different team. With a, Yeah. Dude, I have a lot of respect for him. I have a lot of respect for him, too. I, I think that it, it's amazing what he did. He, um, he he stayed classy with, like, this whole, like, thing going on with, like, him being called a racist and stuff. You know, he didn't yell at anyone or do anything no. bad. And, He's Tom Brady, dude. And uh, Tyron Matthew. Greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. Tyron Matthew, he loves Tom Brady. He, you know, he loves. So, uh, Tyron Matthew, he's on the Kansas City Chiefs. Then, mm-hmm. yeah, he's on the Chiefs. His biggest idol was like is Tom Brady, and uh, Tom Brady really likes him too. He followed him since uh, he played at Syracuse. So, I mean, they they both like each other. Everybody just, you know, they took it the wrong way. Patrick Mahomes, I felt bad for him during this game. I did too, man. It, it looks like he, he was having something done to him. He didn't even know it was possible. He was freaking out. He was freaking, especially at the end of the second quarter. Yeah. When you could see it in his eyes where he's like, fuck, I'm getting Tom Brady'd right now. <laughs> he was, dude, he was crumbling. But you know what? I bet it's going to make him a significantly better player. I think so, too. Absolutely. I mean, it's exciting 
to think about whenever Tom Brady retires. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is going to be the guy. Yeah, he's going to be he's going to be one of the guys for sure. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see what he does. I hope that I hope that he does get better. I hope he doesn't let this. You know, no, it's not going to shake him. It's just going to motivate him to do more. I think, I think and I, he signed good. like a huge contract with the Chiefs, yeah. so they're probably going to be in the Super Bowl a for lot. the next couple of years. Yeah. A lot, you know. I, I think it's going to be. Um, it's going to be cool. Uh, I definitely think he's going to get better. And um, w- so, <clears throat> when do you think Tom Brady's going to retire? Do you think he'll get another Super Bowl? Do you think? Do you honestly think he'll get another? I Super think Bowl? he's going to retire after one more Super Bowl. It might be next year. It might be the year after. But I think he's going to try and get eight and then retire. God. Or he could be crazy and be like, "I'm trying to get ten Super Bowls." I really hope he gets another one. He's going to get another one. I really want him to get another. He's going to get another one. I think the whole world wants him to. <laughs> well, I, I think it would be great if it was the Patriots versus the Buccaneers. It would be beautiful and poetic for him to face Bill Belichick in his last Super Bowl, Tom Brady's last Super Bowl, if that's what he decides. Yeah. And also it would be poetic for it to be the Buccaneers and the Patriots because the first Super Bowl that Tom Brady won was against the Buccaneers. I think 2001, maybe? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know the year on that one. I, probably, yeah. But, um, yeah, dude, that would be really sweet to see him win another one. I hope he does. Like and subscribe to the show. Find me on Instagram, the underscore Poptimist. You can also find the show streaming on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts are. You've probably found it at one of those places just if you're listening to this right now. Go check it out. Also, uh, send us some emails. I want to start talking to people. I hope people start emailing in the Podcast at gmail.com. Just shoot us a message. Say what's up. This podcast is produced to you by Taylor Miller.